podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cinnamon rolls and chili on a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our diehard bonehead fans. Turkey time, boys. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Bosco's Boys podcast. It is a solo show this morning, Monday morning. Happy Monday, and I hope you all have a great week. But it's just me today. Scott, as you all know, if you follow his Twitter, is sick with COVID. So we all hope um, that uh, Scott has a speedy recovery and that he's feeling well. Um, But he's not going to be with us today, so it's just going to be me. Um, to talk about one of my least favorite games of all time, and it seems like, you know, this tends to happen a lot to me, but this was a super frustrating game. There's no doubt about it. Um, before we get into it, let's talk about our sponsors. Uh, we have that new sponsor symbol that you guys all know about. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On symbol, you can trade sports team-like stocks, and every time your teams win, you earn cash. So use your sports knowledge on symbol to buy low sell high, earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.symbol.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code CAPITALBOYS to make your deposit risk-free. That's Capital Boys, and your deposit will be risk-free. Uh, that means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Our next sponsor is a familiar friend, folks. This year, Turkey Day at my bookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys, who the Chiefs just beat that ass, host the Las Vegas Raiders, who the Chiefs also even worse beat that ass. Uh, bet the spread between the Raiders and the Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to $250. Simply put, you cannot lose this bet. And that's what I call all risk. All right, wait, no, that's not right. No risk, all gravy. If only I could read. That is actually an amazing uh, deal, and you should definitely sign up for my bookie and make the bet because it is it is truly no risk. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code SPORTSDRINK at my bookie. That's promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 so you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Feast risk-free on Turkey Day with my bookie, and make sure to stick around for the seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds, boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. And if you're on my bookie, you can bet on the cats because we play on Black Friday. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Now let's get into it, folks. And against my better judgment, it's late on Sunday night right now. I'm a I'm a late boy and uh, procrastinated, and I kind of pushed off this episode all day because I didn't want to record it. I don't want to talk about this game. I'm upset about it. It was painful. It was a painful loss. But against my better judgment, I am drinking a beer of the pot. I was really hungover today. 
I had the club seats, and I, I went a little too hard at the game and um, made a fool of myself on Twitter pretty much all night. Um, so I'm kind of embarrassed about that. I'm sorry to everyone who saw that mess and shit show of me tweeting through the game. Um, normally I do that anyways, but I wouldn't shut up about a lot of things, and I'm sorry. So my beer of the pod tonight is actually, let me open it, sorry if I hurt your ears. My beer of the pod is the Kona Pipeline. It's a porter brewed with coffee beans. Um, it's pretty good. I like it. Let me take a swig. Mmm, delicious and perfect for this cold weather. So that's the beer of the pod. Now let's just dive into it. Um, game highlights and reviews uh, before we get into the position groups. Cats lose 10-20 to the Baylor Bears, the uh, top 10 ranked Baylor Bears. Um, it was just a tough one. Cats unable to snap that Baylor root, uh, losing streak, and it grows to now to uh, four in a row losing to the Baylor Bears, and they've beat us now eight out of 11 contests. It snaps our four-game win streak um, within the season, and now a 10-win season is off the table. Uh, nine wins is still on the table, which is a notable positive. And, you know, if we come out of this year at 9-4 and four with a bowl win, I'll be pretty happy. One of the more frustrating nights, you know, in the bill that I can remember, though. The defense was complete nails all night. Offense was essentially toothless, just could not get out of their own way, could not get over the hump. And really, you know, I think it's fair to say, sitting after 11 games, that it's kind of an indictment of what this team is. Fourth, fifth best in the league, about a top 30 team. So far, you know, we're beating the teams we should beat, losing to the teams that we quote-unquote should lose to. Um, just have not gotten over the hump this year, and it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that we could not take advantage of Skyler's, you know, extra year and a couple of other dudes' extra years, and um, a great, a great year so far from our boy Deuce. Um, it's unfortunate we couldn't flip at least one of those four losses that we have. Um, and last night, I think really, I guess Saturday night really should have been one. Uh, I think that game was there to take. And we could not get over the hump. We couldn't make the plays. It was really frustrating. And now Texas Texas looms next week in Austin, which feels like a game we absolutely need to win, given their current turmoil. You know, they've lost six straight now, which is pretty crazy. They're without their best player, player and B. John Robinson. You know, he's out for the year with an injury. They've got media drama, coach drama, pretty much every day, something new bizarre is happening um so it feels like a game that we absolutely need to go win and it would be uh, we have to bounce back basically next week because that's going to open up some really ugly narratives that i don't want to listen to um and i don't want to see another you know pendulum type of streak with this chris climate staff um to go on, it really would be remarkable because this is a game we should win. This is a game we should absolutely win next week. And I don't want to see us start another losing streak um, only to be broken maybe next year on game one. I don't know because this the staff is just so streaky and we've got to figure it out. We've got to figure it out and go to Austin and win that game. Okay, let's get into the stats. Total yards, 387 
Baylor to only 263 for K-State. 213 passing yards to 158 and 174 rushing yards for Baylor to 105. Um, overall, very nice day from the defense. Um, time of possession, Baylor had the ball for almost 12 minutes longer than we did. 24-06 for K-State and 35-54 for Baylor. Turnovers, K-State 2, Baylor 1. K-State was 4 of 13 on third down. Not a good night on third down, and uh, one of two on fourth down, which puts us pretty crazily at 13 of 15 on fourth down for the year. So I would like to see us just pull the trigger and go for it a lot more because we have the juju on fourth down. Baylor was 7 of 16 on third down and 3 of 5 on fourth down, so super aggressive night from Baylor. Penalties, 2 for 17 for K-State and 3 for 25 for the Bears. Um, Before we get into it, let's talk about of course, Spotify Green Room. Our offensive side of the ball is sponsored by Spotify Green Room. If you want a spot to talk fellow sports fans, insiders, players, coaches, journalists, influencers, and of course us, Spotify Green Room is the place for you. It's a free download and it's free to join. Just go to Apple iOS Store or the Android App Store, link it with your Twitter, and join us every Wednesday at at 7 p.m., which is changing a little bit now that we uh, edge closer to the basketball season and um, there's a little bit of overlap. So just... Keep an eye on our Twitters. Um, Sometimes we're going to go live at 7 p.m. to talk football. We've been going live at 6.30 to talk a little bit of football and then doing an immediate take after the game for the basketball game. So Monday night, I'm sure, you know, we are probably going to do a live show right after the Arkansas game. So stay tuned to our Twitters and uh, download Spotify Green Room. Now let's talk about the offense, starting with the offensive coordinator. Courtney Messingham, I think, you know, I was hard on him. I was really hard on him last week during the game. And I think, I think honestly, with how kind of feckless the offense was on the night, I think Mess called a good enough game to win. Truly. My one major gripe is Deuce only got 11 touches from the backfield when he was running the ball, you know, pretty well. The offense struggled with balance. I didn't love some of the periods of play call for Mess, but multiple times he drew up a nice pass play, and Skyler held onto the ball too long, didn't see an open receiver, plays went to nothing. So tough day overall for the offense. Just an incredibly frustrating night where we could not capitalize. Now let's get into Skyler, who I tweeted about a thousand times about on Saturday night, and I'm kind of embarrassed about it. I, I deleted most of those because they were excessive. Um, but, man... Skyler hurt me last night. He broke my heart. Um, statistically, he went 14 for 29, 158 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, I don't know what his deal was last night, um, Saturday night. I keep saying last night. But, you know, Skyler just did not look comfortable to me throwing the ball from the start. The confident, um, patient, passer we saw earlier in the year against Oklahoma was gone and you know what we got was the timid indecisive like sophomore Skyler and it really killed us last night I mean he he's coming off he was coming off one of his worst games of the year against West Virginia where he he did enough to win but he struggled to distribute the ball he wasn't really seeing the field and last night it was the same story but you know amplified he was much worse he could not find an open receiver to save his life. Now, I mean, I keep thinking of this play. 
I keep thinking of this play. When it was 17-10, Baylor. It was third down. Mesking up a very nice play. It had Sammy, Sammy Wheeler on a deep post. Skyler had it, had all day. Sammy was wide open. It was one of the easier passes Skyler could have made on the year. And he didn't make it. He didn't throw it to Sammy. He didn't miss Sammy. He just didn't see him. And, you know, he opted. He, he had several several options on this play. He could have ran, which he opted not to do. It looked like he was going to run, and then he tried to kind of float it to Phillip Brooks. It got tipped, and it fell incomplete, and that was it. And we got nothing out of it. It was plays like that over and over last night, but that play sticks out to me because it, it just haunts me. It would have changed everything. We should have tied it on that play. He should have hit Sammy deep. The crowd was into it, and it just kills me. And, I mean, it was just so frustrating. And his legacy now is probably going to kind of remain the same. Um, he's going to be seen as a decent quarterback, a great, tough kid that bleeds purple, gives it his all, but this was a chance for him to grab the remainder of the season and fulfill that mantra that he's been saying of the revenge tour season. He needed 10 wins to do that, and he needed a marquee win this year. He had a chance on senior night to go out on top, but he did not take it last night, and it was just so frustrating to see. It was it was super frustrating because I think if he has an A game last night, if he even has a B game, I think we win that game. You know, you hold Baylor 20 points and get as many opportunities as we did to make a play. I think we win that game. Um, other quarterback, Jaron Lewis. I mean, what is there to say? I think he's awful. One pass, one interception. He was the dagger at the end that got people heading for the exits. I think it's hilarious that he would play at all. Um, why aren't we playing Howard? He's clearly, in my opinion, I think he's superior, but I think it's very obvious that in the staff size, he's clearly superior. Um, if they want desperately to save his red shirt, then that kind of says it all to me. But I just think it's stupid not burning his red shirt. Who cares? He's not going to be here for six years. Uh, just seems dumb to me. But really nothing to say about Jaron Lewis. I, I have no hope for him contributing at all in the future. We need a quarterback. Bad. Let's move on to the offensive line. Um, pretty grim night for the offensive line. Mostly owned all night. They had a tough time establishing the run until Deuce kind of broke that one open. Um, Skyler was hurried and hit a lot. He was officially sacked three times on the night. There were times when the pocket was good. Skyler had time. Um, but those were the times, you know, he couldn't find anyone. And maybe maybe that earlier pressure shook him a bit. Maybe that was in his head. Um, the coverage was pretty good for Baylor on the night, but there were several times where Skyler just could not get out of his own head. And um, the offensive line did not do him any favors on the day. And uh, pretty, pretty bad day for them overall. I don't really have any individual call-outs. I thought BB was good on the night, obviously, but... Everyone else pretty much struggled. Uh, we could not establish the run until a little bit later in the game, and by then we were in a hole and we were we were digging our way out. So, tight ends, Mr. Sammy Wheeler, three receptions for 23 yards. He was missed on a few a few plays. Genuinely haunted by that third down where he was wide, and Bebe had one catch for five yards and a drop. Um, I don't know how we judge Bebe's season. 
I think he's been solid. Um, I'm not sure if it's the coaches that have underutilized him or if he's just not getting seen. But, you know, he didn't really do anything last night. And um, it's disappointing. Uh, he's had he's had an okay year. But um, I outside of a couple of those, you know, long touchdown runs where we just had a brilliant schemed play where, you know, all he had to do was catch the ball and he had 60 yards of wide open space to run into. He's had a couple of baller uh, stiff arms as well. I'll give him that. But I won't remember him very much, you know. When I think back, it, he's in and out in one year, and I, I think I think I'll remember, like, Briley more, more than I will. I think I'll remember Sammy Wheeler more than I will Armada Bebe. I, I just... He's had somewhat of a forgettable season, even though he's contributed a decent amount. But I don't know. feels kind of disappointing how we haven't been able to get him the ball more. Let's move on to the running backs and talk about the star of the show, who is the star of the show for us every single week, Deuce Vaughn. <clears throat> he is just a great player. Officially, a 1,000-yard season for Deuce. He's sitting at now 1,103 rushing yards, so an 1,100 rushing yard season for Deuce so far. With two games remaining, he's got 5.8 yards per carry, 14 rushing touchdowns on the ground. I want to say he's the first sophomore since Sproles to go over 1,000. Um, and just a handful in the last decade. Um, I know Hubert snuck over 1,000 in 2013, and then Alex Barnes had a great senior year where he rushed for about 1300 so deuce is on pace to be you know one of the greats absolutely um i'd love to see him get a couple get a pair of 100 you know with our two remaining games get him up to 1300 rushing yards maybe you know he could come close to 20 rushing touchdowns if if he has some serious days in austin and whatever our bowl game is but he had 11 carries on the day which was frustrating to me um I just think he should be touching the ball 20 times a game on the ground minimum. Um, he's shown that, you know, he's got the body to handle it, and, you know, he's a he's a tough kid. He takes care of himself, and I don't know. It's like last year, I understand, kind of being like maybe we need to protect this guy. He was He was a freshman, and he was a little smaller, and he's adjusting to this new pace of the game, this new level of the game, but now it's like this guy is one of the best running backs in the country. Feed him the rock. He can take the hits. This is who he is. This is what his life is. He is prepared for this every day of his life, and he takes care of himself, so I think he needs to be getting 20 to 25 touches on the ground a game, and, you know, he's our best player. Give him the fucking ball. He averaged 11.6 yards per carry, just really pleased with him this year and on this night. Uh, he's just so fun to watch. It's a pleasure to watch. you got to get out and see him next year as much as you can. If you're out in Austin, go to the game. Um, make it to the bowl game this year. He's just a generational like K-State player, a generational talent for K-State. And I love him. Joe Irvin, two carries for five yards. Not much to say about Joe um, other than he needs more touches too. I think it's pretty dumb for him to get two touches. Um not a lot to say. I think that's really frustrating. Let's move on to the wide receivers. <clears throat> wide receivers had a really hard night contributing. Once again, Deuce was the most targeted and really the biggest threat in the passing game, you know, from east to west of the, on the field. 
he went five for 37. Malik, our best, you know, vertical threat, didn't do really anything until one one big play. He went one for 48, big play that felt like was a big momentum shift, and uh, we just did not capitalize on it, unfortunately. Ended that drive with a missed field goal, and uh, that just kind of summed up the night. Uh, Phillip Brooks, you know, his night is defined by special teams, obviously. But he went four for 33, um, came up big on another um, third down where Skyler found his guy, found his guy kind of out in the flats in a delayed, long drag route, uh, which is always there. It's just Brooks is Mr. Reliable in that regard. And um, Weber had one for 12. He had a nice catch on first down that was a, a pretty good pass from Skyler, to be fair, on the run. Uh, that got us a first down for uh, 12 yards. Wheeler, I said before in Bay Bay, three for twenty-three and one for five. You know they just didn't they didn't connect enough last night. Um, couldn't take enough heat off Skyler. I do think the wide receivers had a tough night separating um, to take some heat off of Skyler. Um, just didn't do enough on the night though. Not enough of a threat, and Skyler could not get them the ball when uh, they were actually open, and it was just so goddamn frustrating. Let's talk about the defense, though, which is going to be much more fun. Defensive side of the ball is brought to you by Adopt, Don't Shop. If you want to bring a new furry friend into your family, be sure to do so by going to one of the thousands of great shelters and adoption agencies in this great country of ours. You can get yourself a great dog like Chauncey or Newman or a good cat. Like, I'm sure there are some good cats out there. I know some good cats like Conan. R.I.P. Conan, one of the best cats of all time. Also, do not forget to check out my bookie using promo code SPORTSDRINK to double your initial deposit all the way up to 1000 If you don't need to, so you don't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. And also, of course, Symbol, head to Symbol.com, create a free account when you deposit, and make sure to use the promo code BOYS, and your deposit will be risk-free. Okay defensive side of the ball, excellent night. Um, legitimately, one of the best offensive performance I've seen in a really long time. Um, that Baylor offense was not – it was no slouch. Let's put it that way. Um, Klanderman, I think, he's really coming into his role. Um, I think that three-game stretch early on we were – ironing out some details, maybe we just put too much goddamn pressure on, on ourselves because if the defense had performed the way it did last night in that three-stretch of games, we would be in really good shape right now. I think we'd be in the driver's seat to go to Arlington because there's no way in hell we would have gone 0-3 in that stretch if our defense played like it did last night. But I'm just going to run off some stats that I'm pulling straight from Cole Manbeck's Twitter, my boy Cole. So shout out to Cole Manbeck and his painful post-game tweets that make me feel even more sick about the loss um, than I, <laughs> I, I did the day of. So I'm just going to read these straight from Cole's because they're great, and it sums up just how well the defense played that night. K-State held Baylor to a season-worst 3.6 yards per carry. The Bears entered the game number three nationally, averaging six yards per rush. Overall, Baylor averaged 4.7 yards per play, the worst output this season for the Baylor Bears, which entered at number four nationally at seven yards per play. 
Abram Smith, the Big 12's leading rusher, averaged 2.2 yards per rush against K-State. He was averaging 7.3 yards per carry on the season and had only been held below 6 yards per rush in one game this season. That was against Iowa State. K-State held Baylor to 1.8 points per drive, the Bears' second lowest points per drive on the year. Numbers would be even better if it was not for the muff punt, which happened right after Baylor's first possession on the 3-and-out and basically got us in a hole from the very beginning. So let's start with the uh, position groups. Um, thanks for Cole. For, thank you to Cole for those great stats that I just ripped off from you. Um, follow Cole Manbeck on Twitter. He's the best. Um, but it was an incredible night. Um, the defense energy was excellent from the get-go. The crowd was awesome, by the way, and um, they were kind of simpatico last night, the crowd and the defense. They were feeding off of each other, and it was just it was a fun night. It was a fun night to watch that defense under the light. They were flying to the ball, hitting hard. They were very disciplined on the run, and it was just a shame, just a shame that the offense could not give them anything back. Um, starting, Let's start with the defensive line. They were really disruptive all night. I think they had pretty much an amazing push from start to finish, dominant against the run. They pressured the quarterback fairly often with only a three-man front. I would have liked to bring more pressure, but the three-man front was very good. Individually, Nate Matlack really becoming a player that um, I like a lot. He had three tackles, one sack, one forced fumble. He's going to be a force for us going forward. He's coming into his own as a player, very big havoc player. He forced a fumble on the night that we recovered, and, of course, we didn't do really anything with it, but... Matlack is, you know, he's a hell of a player, and eligibility-wise, he's just a freshman. I'm loving the defensive ends and, and what they are becoming with this unit. Um, Anudike, three tackles, no sacks again. He was held a lot, which I know that's a surprise, but um, Timmy Horn had a sack. He was pretty darn good on the night. Pickle had one tackle, Massey two tackles. Just a really, really good night from the defensive line. Consistently good on the night. Sad personally, that we've gone a couple of games now without a Felix Anudike sack. I am absolutely jonesing for him to get another sack and to get back on the board. Need him to tear it up versus Texas so uh, we can we can get that back rolling. But linebackers, Cody Fletcher had six tackles. He held his own all night. I thought he was very good. Um, but Daniel Green, of course, our boy, he was excellent. Eight tackles, one sack. He's just he's a very good and uh, all Big 12 performing linebacker in my opinion he just flies to the ball he's really carved out a role as that leading linebacker and I hope to God that he does not leave early um he's an old man but um he we got to find him a, a partner because he is one of the best linebackers in the big 12 and if we can get somebody next to him that is performing you know at a similar level it's just gonna elevate this defense so much Austin Moore had one tackle Nick Allen two tackles Overall, a good night from the linebackers. I thought, you know, they were really disciplined uh, against a very, very good offensive line and a very patient run game. You know, to hold Abram to 2.2 yards per carry when he was averaging 7.3 really says a lot of how the linebackers played in combination with the defensive line. So both of those units together, just dominant. Dominant against one of the best run uh, rushing teams in in the country, and one of the best running backs in the country that not a lot of people talk about. 7.3 yards per carry is pretty insane. So loved what the D-line did, loved what the linebackers did. 
Secondary was also very good on the night, particularly against the run. Ross Elder, he led the team in tackles with uh, nine solo tackles. And we got to give credit to Ross because, I mean, he's not the best player. That's obvious. And I think we have to give credit to the coaches. Moving him to that weak side safety was a stroke of genius um, because he's flourished. He's absolutely flourished. He's looked more disciplined. He's looked tougher um, when he's had you know one-on-one scenarios. But I thought Ross was pretty solid last night. Yeast was good on the night. He had four tackles, and one was excellent where he ran about 40 yards across the field and penetrated into the background to kind of – or the backfield to force – Baylor out of bounds on what was maybe going to be a big run. Uh, Abram was kind of shifting field and was going back to the open side of the field, and uh, Yeast kind of snuffed it out from the beginning and uh, covered a shitload of ground to get there, force force him and angle him out um, against the sideline. So it was a, a really good play from Yeast. Echo Boydo had four tackles. Stubby had three tackles. Prince had three tackles. Hennington, two tackles. TJ Smith was back in there, had a couple tackles, and the senior J-Mac had two tackles. I want to talk about Stubby for a second. What a guy. I mean, he was very emotional on the night, as you'd expect him to be. He's always been kind of an emotional guy. He has always kind of worn his heart on his sleeve, and that's, I think, what people love about him so much. But it's been great to see Reggie come in for just one year and win the hearts of the fans like he has. He's a real quality player. I mean, let's not forget about that. He's a quality player, and that goes a long way why of why you know the fans have really taken to him because he's really good. Um, he's contributed a lot to this season in just in just a not not a lot of snaps, I don't think. But he's you know slotted in four different positions, and he's performed basically every time he's on the field. But the way he carries himself on the field is what really does it, I think. I think it's what nails it and really, you know, really brings it home for that relationship. He's just a ball of energy. And he's been so vocal about his love for K-State from day one. Um, It's just been great to see. I'm going to miss him a lot when he leaves. But I thought the secondary, as a unit, was very good on the night. Um, They were elite at getting to the line of scrimmage to kind of stifle the Baylor run and... Even better on the edge. They sealed the edge often. They were very disciplined. Had a tough time with the backup quarterback. He was kind of spraying the ball all over him for a bit, but not chuffed about the uh, secondary's performance. They were excellent. Um, it was just overall one of one of the best offensive performances that I've seen in quite some time. To hold Baylor to 20 points, you know, if you would have told me that, we held Baylor to 20 before the game. I would have definitely bet a good amount of money that we would have won it. It's just so frustrating that our offense could not could not get up and going, and um, it's a shame because it was a it was a really good defensive performance, and it it deserved a win. Um, let's talk about special teams, which is brought to you by Symbol Symbol, the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time you pick a team, Wait, every time, here we go. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use the promo code capital SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money, just decide the market is not for you. Symbol will uh, refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. 
Let's get into the special teams, and I'm going to take a pause real quick so I can drink some beer to get through this special teams review. Ah, I'm getting a little dry. It's hard to talk to yourself for this long, but we do it. We do it for the fans. Okay, folks, special teams, absolutely terrible on the night. Kicking, um, it was just, what? what is there to say? We lost by 10 points, and we missed a chip shot field goal, and Brooks muffed the punt on around the 20, giving Baylor premium field position, and we gave up seven. So make no mistake about it. The offense was dog shit last night and could not get going, but special teams was the difference. It, it cost us yesterday. We were hosed also. I mean, would be remiss not to... Uh, not to uh, mention that the reps absolutely bottled that muff punt call. Um, you know, right, I mean, basically right after we muffed a punt in the next quarter. You know, it was a clean, fair muffed punt that we recovered, and they threw a flag instantly, assuming he was touched, which, you know, he absolutely was not. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, you can't review that, which seems strange to me. It's just a real shame and a maddening play because, you know, it was a heads-up play from us. He muffed it. We recovered it in similar field position, and we could have maybe taken advantage and gotten on the board. And it was super fucking frustrating. Um, let's talk about kickers. Tennant, uh, he was one of two, missed a chip shot again. He's now four of seven on the year, which is not good. I mean, that's not good. That's not good enough. And last night he really hurt us. And most the craziest thing is he's two of four from 20 to 29 yards. 50% within the 30-yard range is terrible. Um, you know, he's only a freshman. He's just a kid, and that makes me want to give him the benefit of the doubt a bit, but, ugh, it's frustrating. I hate watching college kickers. It drives me nuts, and I don't know. Maybe is it time to let Zentner kick some place kicks? I don't know, um, but I have... Basically zero faith uh, in Tennant at the moment, and you know he's a he's a huge talented kicker, and I think you know maybe it's just youth, and he needs to adjust and practice more. I don't know, I don't know. Maybe he'll mature into that role, but right now, super frustrating. I don't I don't trust him, and of course, Philip Brooks muffed a punt on the first punt of the game, absolutely killed us. Just sucked the air out of the stadium. Just another one of those nights. K State could not get out of their own way. Defense was nails. They start three and out for Baylor, and, uh, of course, fucking muff the punt right afterwards, and just all momentum that we had gets completely sucked out of the building, and they score, and, you know, we that was it. That was it. They led, they led for the rest of the game, and um, we could not overcome those mistakes. So just super frustrating. Let's grade the keys to V, folks. Grading the keys to V sponsored by Spotify Green Room. It's the audio-only live sports talk platform. It's free to download, and you can talk to me and Scott, other fans, athletes, insiders, real in real time. It's it's perfect for watch parties. We've been doing it after basketball games, and it's it's really fun. It's really fun. Um, I think if you haven't done it, you need to get in on it, download it for free. We'll be going live probably Monday after we beat Arkansas. So uh, check it out. Follow us on Twitter, and you'll uh, you'll see it. Okay, my first key to V was be offensively aggressive. Um, I don't even know how to grade this. I, I I think we were aggressive. I guess we passed. We fought. We passed a lot. We attempted 
to throw the ball downfield. We went for it on fourth down twice in kind of an area where we maybe could have kicked a field goal. I don't know. But I don't know. This is a tough one. This is a tough one to grade. I'm going to say just a C because somewhat passing. I do think we tried to be aggressive last night, but we didn't execute. And uh, Actually, no, I'm going to give it a D. We failed. It's a failing grade, and a D is a failing grade. Um, Deuce needs to touch the fucking ball more. If you're going to be an aggressive offense, then your best player needs to touch the ball more than 11 times. That's just incredibly frustrating. Scott was keep a lid on Baylor's offense. They lead the Big 12 in percentage on offensive plays over 10 yards. Um, <laughs> I'm giving that an A+. Plus. You know, as far as, like, explosive plays goes, I do feel like we held them. And, you know, to hold Baylor to 20 to 20 points, but, you know, statistically, I ran it off earlier, all those stats that Cole Manbeck mentioned. Um, it, that's an A+. Plus. The defense was fucking amazing. The defense was excellent on the night. So they get an A+, plus from me. Grant, number two, continue to win the turnover battle. We did not. We lost the turnover battle, and it cost us the game. F. Scott, do not give in to the havoc. Baylor's havoc rate is second highest in the Big 12 at 18.9%. They're getting tackles for loss, causing turnovers, forcing fumbles, and breaking up passes at almost 19% of the time. I don't think we passed this one. I'm going to give it an F as well. Um, I think the havoc that Baylor caused got in our senior quarterback's head, and that's why he was not letting go of the ball uh, when he had guys downfield open. And it cost us the game. Baylor had a good defensive strategy. It worked. We could not overcome, so it's getting an F for me. And finally, I'm going to get to my game balls. Um, I don't think Scott sent me in the game balls. If he did, sorry, Scott, if I missed it. But for those of you, for those of you who are new, uh, we gave two game balls, uh, one offense, one defense, and if you can substitute in a special teams play for either of your game balls, and then we give out a swagger sticker for whoever we think was a super swaggy guy. My first game ball, offensive game ball, goes to none only – than Mr. Deuce Vaughn. He is our team at this point. He is our offense. If, you know, he, he's reason enough to go out and buy a ticket and watch this team play. He's just so much fun. He's an electric player. The style he plays in is amazing. He's just super exciting. And, you know, he has the statistics to back up, you know, his flash. And he's just such a, he's such a good kid. He's so straightforward. Um, no-nonsense type of guy, and he's happens to be one of the most electric players in K-State history already. Love Deuce Vaughn. Game ball number two. I'm giving it to Ross Elder. He led the team in tackles. He's really found his role in that weak side safety, so good for Ross. He's gotten tons of shit, um, for, and rightfully, for having struggled so much in the past, but Boss Elder gets my second game ball, and the swagger sticker goes to our good friend Reginald Stubblefield. I am going to miss Reggie so much. The Sauce Boss lives up to that name. Um, it just speaks volumes about him as a person and about K-State as a place that you know he can come in here for one season and just be completely adored and adopted by the fans the way that he has been. And to be so emotional on on you know senior night, crying in Chris Clemens' arms, it's, it's great to see. I mean, he's a great guy, and I'm going to miss him a lot. But... That's all we have, folks. Um, those are our game balls. And, Scott, we hope you're feeling better. Um, I'm looking forward to talking to you this week. And, you guys, it's Thanksgiving week. So sit down, make a list about what you're thankful for, 
tweet into the show, hashtag thankful boneheads about what you are thankful for. And um, I hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving week. It's my favorite holiday, I think. Maybe slightly behind Christmas, but if you're traveling this week, be very careful. Um, be mindful of COVID. It still exists. Scott obviously got it, and it may affect their Thanksgiving, which sucks. So I'm sorry for that, Scotty boy. We hope to see you back soon, and I hope you're doing well. That's all we have, folks. Um, frustrating night. 7-4, and four, but there are still positives. We've got two games left. We can go in in Austin. We can cap it off with a bowl game, and we can have a nine-win season. That is there, and it's you know it's not not out of the realm of possibility. It's it's a plausible outcome. So, I would take a nine-win season, and uh, I think that would be really great for Chris Kleiman and and the staff, and we can build on that going forward. But that's all I have, folks, tonight. Thank you for listening. Um, I hope you have a happy Monday. Go Cats! Meet me at the Cathead. I think I'll go home and mull this over for a crown. It down my throat. At long last, it's crashed. It's colossal mass is broken up into bits in my world.
Gold Podcast Network.